Welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life podcast. My name is Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com. What better legacy than to open our hearts to God and open our lives and homes to others? Jesus said, love me, love your neighbor. Sounds like a legacy life to me. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Today, I get to introduce you finally to my friend, Amy Lee Martinez. We have been trying to, um, well, I've been trying to um, record an interview with her since I think before Christmas of last year. So anyway, I I think flexibility is close to godliness, not cleanliness, with apologies to Charles Wesley, uh, because flexibility shows that, hey, we know that God's in charge. So Amy, Elaine, welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life. I'm so glad you're here. And would you like to tell us a little bit about your family? I would love to tell you about my family. I am am married to the love of my life, David, and we've been married for almost 29 years, which I did not think that I was capable of being married for uh, one year. So 29 is amazing. (laughs) And I have two boys. They are 26 and 23. The older one, Sydney, is married. He's married his high school sweetheart in our backyard in oh, Colorado. Wow. Wonderful. And they met in youth group, which is crazy. I never dreamed she'd be my daughter-in-law, but I love her dearly. And her name is Riley. And they just had a baby 15 months ago. Wow. And she is she has my heart, my whole oh. heart. I love that little girl. Her name is Raylan Rose Elaine. They Aww. surprised me with her middle name. And then Gabriel lives in uh, Denver, and he's been dating the same girl for about four years. <laughs> and he's a Taekwondo uh, guru, teacher, wow. instructor. Wonderful. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, so you're brave enough to say you're son's girlfriend's name on public radio. <laughs> I'm not sure that would go over well in my family. Uh, well, that, that is, sounds wonderful. And um, you are a Bible teacher. You are a former radio host. Um, you are an author. We already mentioned that. And how many books have you written? I have written one that has been self-published and I have written another one that will be published at some point. Okay. I, so, I, love I don't, that. it's yeah, no, it'll I'm, be out there someday. I'm self-published and oh, well, and um, someone challenged me to go ahead and write what you know and let the results be in God's hands. So yeah, I'm working on a fifth one, but we'll see what happens. So I know how you feel. It's a lot of work, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, to, to sit yes. at the computer. Uh, you also have a side job as helping your husband in uh, his work business in the fire industry. And you are a busy person. Um, I love what you said in your bio. She's devoted to helping heart-shattered lives become whole again in Christ. Now, this world that we live in today there are hundreds and thousands of people whose hearts have been shattered, maybe even today. And um, so we're going to talk about victorious living. That is your tagline. You um, want to help people live victoriously. The name of your book is called Victory Girl, Staking Your Claim in the Kingdom. Is that correct? Is that the right name? Becoming a Victory Girl, Staking Your Claim in the Kingdom. Okay. And I'm glad you say becoming because we are in process. Always. Always, always. Always. (laughs) Um, I want to ask you these questions. Why victorious living? 
why was it your or is it your theme? Maybe tell us what led up to that becoming your theme. You know what? Victorious living is my theme because it is possible. And I did not always believe that. And I wasn't very good at it either. I was really, really bad at it. I have known the Lord my entire life walked the aisle when I was five years old, grew up in the church that my parents went to for over 50 years. And I had known him for so long, but I didn't know how to love him very well. I was not very good at loving God. I was not very good at uh, being victorious in my life, especially in the area of some personal sin. Mm -hmm. um, when you say... Uh, you weren't very good at it. What do you mean? I mean that I failed miserably on the daily and hmm. I was lived a life of repetitive sin and cyclical sin and self-sabotaging sin that really was completely avoidable. But I didn't know how to really take what I believed and line up my behavior and actions and heart with it because my want to's were really ugly and God was so sweet and kind that over time he changed my want to to line up with his word which ultimately makes us victorious in our everyday lives I was just reading about um something online you know which we have to be careful of because it's <laughs> it was Instagram you know where we get all our theology yes and um <laughs> And they were saying, you know, uh, the church is responsible for helping you grow up in Christ. I'm sure I'm, I'm going to ask you, did your church help you uh, understand what victorious living was and you just didn't see it? Or was it their fault or was it your responsibility? Or can we even define that? That is a huge Pandora's box of questions and answers. Sorry. And I think that's, that's okay. I, I, I'm up for it. I think that there's a little bit of both. Yes, I was brought up in a church that taught the word of God. However, I did not listen very well. I was a very uh, feisty, very uh, rebellious little girl. And I was the third uh, child and my brother did everything. My sister got caught at everything and I paid for it all <laughs> is what I say. So my parents were uber strict with me and I was like not having it. So I did all the things that they said not to do. And I think that while I had such a great foundation in the word and in the Bible and all of that, I also grew up in a church that was very, uh, hellfire and brimstone mm -hmm. and that I was afraid of God. And so there mm -hmm. was the, the truth being taught, but there was also this, you better shape up and you better behave because you have to come to God perfect. Mm -hmm. And that is not, the, they well, may not have said that's that. That's not the word. That's, what, that's not the word actually. <laughs> yeah, that's not the word. And they may not have said that, but that's, that's what I heard, and that's how I lived my life. So if I wasn't doing everything perfectly, then I might as well not try at all. So I think that it is a two-way street. We need to definitely be responsible and accountable for our own growth 
for sure. But I do think it's so important to be in a church and that they, yes, if they're going to call themselves a church and they're going to present themselves as a place to come for discipleship and leadership, then yes, they have some responsibility. It's a give and take. So I think that, I don't think I answered all your questions, but maybe you have a question that I'll follow that up that I can go deeper into that because I'm uh, I wouldn't worry about that. that wasn't my main <laughs> main uh, topic for today but I do think it's something that um I was just curious because uh we're into church bashing right now and so I get a little sensitive because I thought, well if the church is that bad leave it and find another one but don't just stop and yeah. I it sounds like you were raised as best they could and yet um yeah uh, we still have a responsibility to listen and obey. And I sure I don't obey on a daily basis. So I, I totally get it. So at what point did you say, uh, I need to change my life or God needs to change my life? What was the key that, that helped you towards victorious living? <clears throat> I think what helped me, the key that helped me get to a place of victorious living was getting to the end of myself oh. and realizing that I didn't have what it took. I did not have what it took to change. I didn't have what it was going to take to uh, continually keep up. You know, I, I, in my book that I have written, I talk about, you know, I, I could only keep up this good girl act for so long mm, so um, true. until I was found out, but I was <clears throat> not who I said and who I was. But what happened was that the key to victorious living is realizing that in Christ. And that's why I talk about the transformation, um, uh, becoming a whole uh, broken girl made whole uh, through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit is because it's who is in us that makes us able. It's his power in us that to be able to be victorious that lives in us through the Holy Spirit that enables us to walk out our lives in victory. And when I finally realized that, no, I didn't have what it was going to take to live out my life, obedient, surrendered, wholehearted, devoted, doing things that I wanted to do, but just wasn't very good at staying with the, you know, in, in the, in the flow of godly living. And so when I realized that it was not my responsibility, I didn't have to be enough because we will never be enough. The world tells us you're enough. You're enough. Hey, hey girl, you're yeah. enough. But you know what? That's not biblical. We're only enough because of who is in us. Christ in us does make us enough. It makes us able and capable and it makes us victorious. And it makes us being able to sleep at night. It makes us relax. It makes us not get so uptight. It makes us not feel shame because yes. of course we, it's good to be convicted of my sin, but to carry the shame that was taken care of at the cross yes. and Satan gets in and he says, well, you're not only bad, bad at that. You continue to be bad at that and you're never going to get better. And that's shame talking and we are not, and that's from the pit and we yep. are not pit people. I like to say, well, we're not pit people. So just get out of the that. pit. Yeah. Because Jesus did the work. So could you explain in layman's terms, like in someone who's never read the scripture very much or has not really figured out uh, Philippians two, where it says um, Christ will do his work in and through us. And yet we work alongside of him. I think that's Philippians two. How does it re just give me an example of you realizing 
um, that it's Christ in you doing what pleases God. Can you answer that? I didn't give you any um, preamble on that. No, that's okay. <laughs> I think that the way that I answer would answer that is that I would say that in my everyday life, when I want to respond or react or say or do all manner of you know, things that are not very pretty, it is the, a choice to make the surrender of my will to his will and choose differently because the choice is in there. I have everything. I always say that we have everything we need living on the inside of us to be victorious, to live victorious, to be obedient to, and you know, people are, society doesn't even like that word obedient. They oh, hate they that don't. word. <laughs> but really when I think <clears throat> I have learned, one of the biggest things I've learned is that obedience is freedom. Amen, there's sister. so much freedom in obedience and there's so much joy in it. I spent years, you know, trying to follow all the rules and do all the things that I, you know, had been told I needed to do. But when God changed my want to, and I began to want to do things that pleased him, that is where the freedom came. And it didn't feel like obedience. It didn't feel like you have to do this. You have to follow these rules. It was just from a heart change. You know, mm -hmm. I always say behavior modification only goes so far, but our heart change is what really makes the lasting change stick. Mm. And I think it becomes a habit then of at least um, checking out our to-do list, even surrendering that to God. And then you yeah. get interrupted and you feel, <laughs> I feel annoyed. And then I realize, wow, that was a wonderful God ordained interruption and I better um, behave and not be grousing about it. Um, I, I like to say that obedience is for our good. And so if it's for our good, it's like when we're raising our children, we say, you know, if you were in a car and you were heading off a cliff, I would get in and stop you. That's love. But you see it as me uh, interfering with your life. <laughs> so if we can view our God as being the perfect father, because I was no, I was not a perfect mother, that's for sure. But God being the perfect father, then we can rest that when we obey, which is a dirty word in our culture, but we're obeying a, a, a loving God. When did you first realize that that's who you were living for and, and that you wanted him to change your want to's? You know, uh, it has been this whole process of what we call sanctification. And that's really just a big church word for the ongoing process of changing and of God just revamping our heart and our mind and our thought process and our want to's, like I've said. And that's all that sanctification is. It's just a big word for the ongoing process of looking more like Christ, being more like him. And so I think that when you ask me <laughs> when, if I pinpoint a time, there have been, if I took a whole piece of paper and marked, you know, out my life, there would be different places and different milestones and different times in my life where I have surrendered my all or surrendered my way to his or had a moment that made me feel like, okay, this is, this 
is the place where I can mark on there and say that things are going to change from this place. But probably the biggest change came when I was 33, I think, 33-ish. And I found myself in the exact same situation, the exact same pit. You talked about us being pit dwellers earlier and uh, pick people. I was in the same pit that I had been in 10 years or, you know, 12 years before. And here I was in the same pit sin Mm. and God literally rescued me from myself that day. And that is a whole other story, a longer story that we don't have time to get into. But basically I had placed myself in a situation where I almost made a choice that would have ended my marriage. What do you and think what do you think caused you to make the right choice? Besides Jesus in you, I mean, what do you think was there like you were sitting there and you go, "Wait, I got to change directions. I have to get up and leave." Was there something that helped you? Because I know there are women listening or men listening who are on the precipice themselves and they need to um, make a decision right now. How could what did you what happened? Well, for me it was a huge moment. And I, if you can hear God audibly, uh, when I was about to make a really poor decision, I literally heard in my spirit, the Lord say, Hey, baby girl, this moment right here is the one that I died for. This is not who you are. This is not, you don't have to do this. You can choose differently. And he didn't say all of that, but basically he, he gave me an out. The scripture tells us that God will always give us an out and we can either choose to take it or we don't have to. I mean, Mm -hmm. he gives us that choice. And for me, in that moment, I literally, it was like the eyes, my, the scales came off my eyes and I saw my sin for what it was and I didn't want it. I was like, mm. Ooh, I don't want that. Thank you. You know? And it wasn't like I, mm. everything was fine and dandy after that. There was a right. lot of process and a lot of, um, growth that had to happen. But in that moment, I knew that I didn't ever want to go back to where I had been before. I did not want to. I love that story. And thank you for sharing it. I think that if, if anybody listening today has a friend or a family member that you're praying for in this, or maybe it's happening yourself in your own life, that they would have eyes open to see what's really going on because we're, you know, Satan is called the deceiver. And so they think what they're doing is fine. And then afterwards they go, why in the world did I do that? It's almost like if Eve would have known she was dealing with a snake because snakes are something I'm not crazy about. And if she would have, if she would have known how evil maybe she would have stepped back and we wouldn't even be having this conversation. So Jesus in us, the hope of glory, victorious living. Tell me your legacy. My legacy, you know, from that, I think that I have learned that we are all only one step, one choice away from making huge mistakes, life altering mistakes. And our mistakes don't just affect us, they affect everybody. And so my legacy is to allow people, mainly my children, (laughs) to come as they are, to be who they are in this moment. And I'm going to love them in that place, even if I fully disagree with their choices, their lifestyle, their, their 
just whatever they're doing, mm-hmm. I'm going to allow them just to be who they are and come as they are. I have a, a, a towel. I almost said blanket because it's not a blanket, a towel in my kitchen that says Jesus eats with everyone. Mm-hmm. And really the truth is, is that I want my kids to gather around my table and I want to linger there. I did not have that growing up. And it is something that we have been adamant about at, in our house. We have made a gathering place. We have sat longer at the table and just sat and talked, trying to just in everyday conversation instill in our family and whoever's at our table, really, uh, to it's just an overflow of what's going on in our lives. And because our lives are so close to, I mean, our, my goal is to be in the word every day to live a life that would be pleasing to my father in heaven. And so out of that overflow, I want to just pour out to those sitting at my table. And so we have this place in, uh, we live in a little 600 square foot barn. And then we haven't got even started on a renovation on a main house that we're going to live in someday. But in between the small barn and a big barn, there's just this open area. And my husband was like, what are we going to do with this? And I'm like, put my kitchen table out there. And he was like, what? No, we're not. I'm like, it's covered. It'll be fine. I've had it for 30 years. It's fine if it does get messed up. And we created this little place called the gathering place. And whenever our kids are able to come and then whoever we have over come we eat at that table and we just enjoy the conversation and there's no there's no prerequisite for who gets to sit there or any uh thing you know there's no no anybody no rules and regulations (laughs) Mm -hmm. I grew up with so much but Mm -hmm. I think that you know in my family we always growing up it was like okay we're done go clean the kitchen you know and we Mm -hmm. never sat and just enjoyed each other's company. And there's so much that takes place there mm-hmm. without saying a word. There's so much that takes place there. And I just want my kids, especially, and my grandkids to know that <clears throat> I just, we love them wherever they're at. They mm-hmm. come. Mm-hmm. That is a legacy that um, they will treasure and pass down to their own kids. I can guarantee you that even though my girls aren't married, when they do hospitality, I, I look at them and I think, hmm, not all was lost on them. Yes. <laughs> and you're right, the, the gathering table. And I, our last question is always, how do you embody the welcoming heart of God? Well, you're doing it. And really, the heart of God is love. And, and uh, people say, oh, we emphasize God's love too much. You can never emphasize God's love too much because love is the draw. And it, when you talk about being salt and light, to open our arms wide. That's what Jesus did. And he did it on the cross. It takes work though. It takes work to do hospitality. It takes work to keep our mouths shut because as mothers, we know best. (laughs) It takes work to listen and to ask good questions. And you are doing what God has called you to do. And what a blessing that is, Amy Elaine. Is there any last bit of wisdom you want to leave with my listeners? I love what you just said about your asking the questions. I think that asking questions is one of the most loving things that we can do for other people is to ask them questions and not, um, Hey, hey, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Hey, what's going on in your life? And then 
just out of what's inside your heart, you can speak into that without ever, you know, in some cases without ever saying anything about God or his word or anything like that. You just answer out of the overflow of your heart and you see them where they're at. And I think asking questions is one of the most loving things that we can do. I totally agree there. Um, One of my daughters was saying how the world is so dark around her and that Christianity has such a bad rap that it's almost embarrassing to say that you're a Christian. And I said, well, your role as salt and light is just to love. And so they'll be so attracted to you that they're going to be saying, well, what's what's different about you? And then you can talk about Jesus. I don't think we need to come in with a sword flaming. Let Jesus do that part. Yes. But um, So thank you, Amy Lane. What an encouragement this is. And how can people uh, find out more about your ministry? How can they contact you? You know, I am on Instagram mostly and yes. Facebook some. And you can find me there at Amy Elaine Writes. That's A-M-Y-E-L-A-I-N-E Writes. Uh, and my website is amyelaine.com. And my book's available on Amazon, Becoming a Victory Girl. And those are the places that you would most likely find me unless you're in town and I'm at a coffee shop because I spend a lot of time there too. Well, I think I would just come over to your barn and sit at your table. So oh, it's so I might fun. just show up someday. I have uh, family in Arkansas. That's not far, far from me. I, I uh, Amy Lane, this has been such a delight. Amy has just um, offered to give away two copies of her book to the same person, one for you to, one to keep for you and then one for you to give away. So what a blessing that is. Because when God blesses us, the, the blessing is all ours when we get to pass it Until on. Until so next thank time, you so much think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live. Thank you. So- all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.